0: It's been said that every quilt tells a story, and it's so true. But I also believe every quilter has a story to tell. I wanted to hear about the people behind these wonderful quilts and thought you'd enjoy hearing about their lives also. Welcome to A Quilter's Life. I had the opportunity to interview Shirley Cox in her shop, Side Stitchin', which is on the Main Street in Belpre, Ohio. Shirley said she was fine with the traffic and customer shopping in the background while we had the interview. After this interview, I had the opportunity to shop at Side Stitching, and each time Shirley was so helpful so that I could find just what I needed. Although we've both been in this area for about the same amount of time, we just met. I'm so thankful to get to know Shirley. Shirley, I am so excited to listen to your story on A Quilter's Life.
1: Thank you, Paula, for inviting me. I'm really honored to be on your podcast.
0: Well, I have been looking forward to this ever since I stopped by your quilt shop. I found you online and well, I think I found you on Google Maps. <laughs> <laughs> and so I swung by and met you just a few months ago.
1: Yeah, and it was just kind of ironic that you stopped in and invited me to be on here. And I've shared a little bit about quilting with you, but we invited you to come to Guild. You came to Guild. And I think that it just opens up a whole nother window for everybody.
0: Yeah. So many people have told me Guilds are so wonderful, and I had never joined one. Mm-hmm. So when you invited me to the Scenic River Quilters Society and We met last night. It was so much fun. I had a blast. Good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I did. Let's jump back to where were you born and raised?
1: I was actually born in Chicago, Illinois. My father was in seminary. He was a Presbyterian minister. And then we moved to Wisconsin in a little town called Dane, about 500 people. And I Grew up in Wisconsin till we moved to Ohio when I was in seventh grade. So I was about 12, 13 years old. So I remember fondly winters in Wisconsin. They're nothing like winters in Ohio because we had lots of snow. Still keep in touch with a couple of my childhood friends from Wisconsin. But then in 1978, I do believe we came to Ohio, which that was the big blizzard of Ohio. We moved in the first of the year, and I didn't go to the school the whole month of January because there was just too much snow on the ground. There's also some energy crisis going on. So I just thought, in Wisconsin, this would never happen. <laughs> but been in Ohio, graduated. Actually, I grew up in McConnellsville, just north of here. Graduated from Morgan, went to the University of Rio Grande. There I met my husband. We were both in ROTC together. And then after graduating from college, He went active duty Army. I went into the U.S. Army Reserves stationed in El Paso, Texas. So we ventured around. We have three children. And they're this year. (laughs) I'm dating myself, but they're going to be 38, 36, and 32, I do believe. But while we were in El Paso, Texas, both of us were called to go overseas during Desert Storm. And so while we were there, we kind of made a conscious decision. When we got back, I should say, that we got out of the Army and came back to Ohio. My husband grew up here in Valpreay, and his parents lived here, and mine lived in McConnellsville, so we just
0: came back this way. Wow. (laughs) My oldest son is in El Paso, and his wife is in the Army Reserves. And I'm like, really?
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, it's funny how small a world it really is. When we first went to El Paso, I thought— Excuse my language, but I thought my husband took me to hell because everything's desert. There's no green, there's no nothing, but you're there for a while it grows on you and it's got a beauty of its own mm-hmm. and it's really a beautiful town, or at least it was when we were there. We still keep in touch with a lot of our army buddies that we went to school with and we're in the army with. It was a nice community. I really have to say we really liked it there, but going over to Saudi Arabia just changed everything for us, so...
0: yeah. <laughs> that would.
1: A little bit about quilting background. My grandmother quilted everything by hand. She never used a sewing machine. She lived in Indiana. And I always remember going to her her house and her quilt frame was set up. She lived in a trailer. Her quilt frame was set up in the living room of her trailer. And I just remember watching that. My mom sewed, but she did not quilt. And I really didn't quilt till about 13 years ago. So... It was just kind of an odd thing that I got into quilting.
0: So you told me about how you came back to this area. hmm Is there anything else about your family you wanted to share?
1: Well, like I said, I have three children, Joey, Joseph, but Joey, we call him, and he and his wife live in Colorado currently. I have a daughter, Danielle, and her husband, Rob. They live in Frederick, Maryland, and they have two children, or two grandchildren, well, two out of our three grandchildren, Wyatt and Thea. And they're right now two and four. And then our youngest son, Tyler, he and his wife live in Florida, just outside of Tampa. And they have our first-granddaughter, Kiana, and she's five. So that's our family. Like I said, I grew up, my dad was a Presbyterian minister. I have a sister who's younger than I am. My brother was about four years older than I was, but he passed away back in 92, I do believe, of melanoma. So it's just my sister and I now, my parents are both deceased and I'm really close to my husband's family who live in South Carolina. So we still have lots of family connections.
0: Nice. It sounds like you moved back here and they all moved away. My in-laws did.
1: They retired. My father-in-law retired from, it was Shell Chemical. And then they were into horses. So they moved to Aiken, South Carolina, which is a big horse country. My dad retired from McConnellsville. The church there and then they've both passed. So yep So it's just Russ now. Yeah. My kids are all far away, so it's just my husband and I here now,
0: but we <laughs> like it here.
1: <laughs>
0: now, if you had the opportunity to talk to your great, 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 great-grandchildren, what would you want them to know about you or what would you want to tell them?
1: I guess one thing I haven't mentioned in all of this, I taught high school English for 35 years retired. So that's the big part of what I did too. Even though I was in the army, I taught for 35 years as an educator. And if I could tell them anything, it's, you're always going to be learning no matter what, it doesn't matter what you do, where you go, just always learn something. One of the things I told my students all the time, if you learn one thing new every day, your day's not wasted, (laughs) but you're wasting a day if you don't learn something new each day. But what do I want them to know about me? I probably would say that I'm just a kind person and I wish them all the best in whatever they want to do.
0: Was there anything else you wanted to share on your employment, like how you got into it or?
1: My mom and dad both started out as teachers. My mom, after my sister was born, kind of just stopped teaching to take care of the kids. My dad, like I said, he was in seminary when I was born. So he taught economics and he ventured into the ministry then. But I always thought teaching was fun. I really enjoyed it. I have to say COVID changed things and didn't enjoy it so much after COVID, during COVID or after. So I'm glad to be retired now, but it was good. I see students here now that I've had in the past and good connections, made good friends with my colleagues and things like that. But it was time to do something new. And that's how I got into quilting, basically.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, besides quilting, are there other crafts that you do or that you did in the past?
1: Back in the 80s, my (laughs) then-college roommate, who actually, we're still friends today, and she helps me out here at the quilt shop, but she got me into cross-stitching. And we cross-stitched a lot, and as life gets busy, I kind of put that aside. But really, that's about it. I didn't think of myself as crafty, per se. I focused on the kids and the family, not so much craft stuff. I like to read. I read a lot. I don't have a whole lot of time to read now, but I listen to books more than I actually read the physical books. But there's always something I'm reading in one way or another. Growing up, I played piano, too. So that was one of my hobbies. But we don't have a piano, so that's kind of gone by the wayside, too. I like to be outside, I like to garden, I like to do outdoor activities, things like that. I keep thinking gardening would be fun, but I don't think the plants like me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've always had a garden, but I do a lot of canning, too, in the fall, so we're pretty self-sufficient that way. Nice. This year we have beans, green beans, tomatoes, corn, potatoes, trying to think what else is in there, spinach and lettuce, of course. But I always can potatoes, tomatoes, green beans. I always can that stuff. I'll buy three or four pumpkins and can pumpkin in the fall. But yeah, I have lots of canned goods.
0: Mm. And <laughs> picturing a pretty shelf.
1: Yes. Oh, and then in the winter, and this is my husband's thing, not my thing. About the third week of January, my husband taps our sugar maple trees and he makes homemade syrup too. Mm. So that's really
0: good too. <laughs> Do you think any of these hobbies or your crafts show up in your quilting?
1: Oh, most definitely. Well, not so much the hobby, but the learning part, especially. I took a pattern writing course last fall and wanted to learn. It was a 10-week course that I did online and learned how to write patterns and how to design my own quilts and things like that. So I'm always constantly learning to do things running a business is all new to me like i said i taught english for 35 years and you know just having to learn how to do what i do now is amazing
0: (laughs) now that course was with elizabeth chapel
1: yes elizabeth chapel it's a quilt pattern writing course online it's with quilters candy
0: i'm going to interview her next week are you really i am oh that's exciting yeah and hers will probably end up being right after yours so We can tell everyone, listen next week, and that we can listen to Elizabeth too.
1: Yep. She was very instrumental. I mean, not only just for the pattern writing, but she helped in a business aspect for me to learn about setting up a website and doing the online things that I didn't know I needed to do. It's not so much the brick and mortar stuff, but how to do things online. I use Canva and I use Adobe Illustrator, so I've learned programs. She's phenomenal. She really is. And if you can take her course, I encourage everybody to do so.
0: I've gotten to talk to several people that have taken the course, and she just sounds so wonderful, and I'm Mm -hmm. really looking forward to that interview also. Mm -hmm. Tell us about who introduced you to quilting.
1: That's quite a funny story, because my friend Sally Maddox, she taught at Warren High School too. She taught math. I taught English. She's been a quilter. And about around 2011, 2012, somewhere in there, there was a quilt show. It was called Quilt Odyssey, and it was in Hershey, Pennsylvania. And in February, you had to sign up to take classes for this Quilt Odyssey in July. And we referred to it as Quilt Camp. So she's like, hey, you need to do this. You need to sign up and go. And I'm like, I don't know how to quilt. She goes, oh we'll get you going. And so I signed up to take classes. I actually had one of my first classes with with Pepper Corey, who's a renowned quilter. She taught how to do basic log cabin blocks. And so that was like my first quilt that I ever made was a basic log cabin quilt. It's on my bed right now. But Sally got me started. And then each year we would go back to quilt camp in Hershey, Pennsylvania We did that until COVID hit. And then once COVID hit, they shut it down and they haven't started it back up, which I'm really sad to see. But that's how I got started in quilting. And she fed the beast for a long time (laughs) (laughs) and got me more and more into it. And we would go to retreats. We would do all sorts of things. And it wasn't just her. There's a group of us who actually all worked at Warren, a couple more teachers, the office personnel we all stick together, but we would always go to quilt
0: camp in Hershey, Pennsylvania and have just a lot of fun. Oh, uh, to go with a bunch of friends, have fun.
1: hmm
0: Yep. Plus getting to meet everybody else that comes. Mm-hmm. Is there a particular quilt, whether it's one you made or somebody else made, that is your favorite?
1: I don't know if I want to call them my favorites, but they're ones I cherish the most. As I said, my grandmother quilted and pieced everything by hand. And when she passed away, my aunt sent me two of her quilt tops and they were hand pieced. The tops were finished, but they weren't put together. And I had those just tucked away for a long time. And about a year ago, I got them out and I finished a couple borders on one of them. And then I sent them to the quilters and put backing on them and had them quilted and I bound them. So I think those two One's just a nine-patch, and it's beautiful. It's red, white, and blue. And then the other one, it was kind of like a nine-patch on point, but those two were the two that I really treasured the most. And for Christmas this past year, I gave one of them to my sister for Christmas because I thought she really needs something from Grandma, too. Mm -hmm. So, But those would be my most cherished quilts. Favorite quilt? I've made so many. A lot of samples for the shop and things, so I like them. And then... It's time to move on to something else. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> With all the tools we get to use, what's one that you are so happy you have?
1: I think my favorite tools are the quilter select ruler. And if you don't know what those are, you're missing out. And they have a coating on them so they don't slip. And I can't speak highly enough of those things. And it's not just one ruler. They're rulers. I just love to use them because you don't have to worry about as you're cutting it, messes up and then you've messed up a whole bunch of fabric so yeah any quilt or select ruler are probably my favorite item
0: interesting have There's you a- used those before
1: no i haven't okay i might have to show you what they are then <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm not careful i'm going to be walking out of here with a lot more than i can. <laughs> That might happen yes <laughs> Is there one part of the process you like better than others, or do you like each step along the way?
1: Well, since I took that pattern writing course, I like to design. That's the fun part. Writing the pattern sometimes can get a little tedious, but it's okay. I really like to bind. People find it really funny, but to me, binding is relaxing, and I think that's the only time I actually can sit down and watch TV or you know do something like that. And, just bind i just like to bind <laughs> i'll bind for other people too so it's just kind of funny <laughs>
0: <laughs> there seems to be two camps people love it or hate it there's no in between oh, that's probably true but it's just to me it's soothing
1: just to sit and bind
0: that stripe binding on jenny's quilt last night was really cute did you see that
1: yeah i recommend stripes when i'd i like movement in my binding So I'll recommend stripes, whether they're straight or diagonal, or sometimes even like checked fabric. So I always think that it's better than a solid because it has a little movement to it.
0: Interesting. Mm -hmm. Share your worst quilting experience. I don't know if I've ever had a worse quilting
1: experience. I've had times when I felt really frustrated because I've had to tear things out. The seam ripper is not your friend, but it should be. But I really can't say I've had a horrible or a bad quilting experience. Any funny? Sometimes you don't realize it and you get a quilt made and then you've shown it to people, the tops to people, lots of people. And then you get it quilted and you get it bound and you show it to someone and they're like, oh, there's a mistake in it. And then you can never unsee it. And I think that might be the worst thing. If you see a mistake in a quilt you make, you don't have to point it out to everybody, but you can't unsee it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what do you think has drawn you to continue making quilts rather than spend your time on anything else? I like the process of putting something together and having something finished. Sitting at your sewing
1: machine and sewing is soothing. Sewing with friends is soothing. We do that a lot. We get together and just sew. If you come into the shop, you see we have sewing machines and we have a table where other people can set up. So we just, you know, get together and sew when we're here sometimes. I don't know. It's just fun. Fabric's fun. I like to come in and I've only had the shop for two years. So before that, I just would like to come in and shop and as a lot of customers say, pet the fabric. (laughs) But it's just soothing. I think that's the perfect word for it. Mm -hmm. Who do you make your quilts for? In the past, I would make them as gifts. I made one for each of my children for their weddings. If someone was having a baby, I'd make a baby quilt. Sometimes I just make them for myself because I like the pattern. Any more, I make them as samples to have in the shop. Every now and then, a customer will ask me to make a t-shirt quilt or make a quilt for them. And I'll do that. But most of the time is anymore is just making samples. Yeah. Yep. And I'm getting a lot of samples. I was upstairs in our guest room the other day and I counted, I had 13 quilts on one bed. So <laughs> <laughs> it might be time to
0: start selling some quilts. I don't know. <laughs> do you have a special project going on right now? Actually, I'm working on two
1: customer quilts. One's a t-shirt quilt, and one's just another. It's like a wedding ring. It's called Metro Rings. Almost finished with both of those. And then I'm actually going to start working on the All Ohio Shop Hop samples from the patterns in the magazine. So we're going to make some samples to have in the shop during the Shop Hop.
0: Neat. I am anxious to get a look at that magazine. Now, I heard that one of the quilt patterns was made by Joanne Hubbard, who was in charge of the quilt retreat I went to. Mm-hmm. I do believe so. Yes.
1: So, yeah. And anyone could have designed a pattern, but the deadline for the designs was back in November and that was just too busy of a time. I thought about designing one too, but I think just starting out and I was just finishing that course up. So that wasn't really the right time, but maybe if we do this again next year, I might submit a pattern. Oh, that would be fun. Mm-hmm. Describe your sewing space. My sewing space at home, I actually, I live in a log home that overlooks the Ohio River. My sewing table is actually in a dormer. So I look out the window and I can watch the barges go up and down the river. I could watch the train. There's a train across the river. I open the window, but our whole upstairs of our house is a loft. So like three quarters of our house is my sewing room. I do have that guest bedroom up there for when family comes over, but right now it's got 13 quilts on it, but I've kind of taken up that whole upstairs. Now I don't sew there too much anymore since I bought the shop, I mostly sew down here. I have my own sewing machine in the shop and I work on things here. When I go home now, (laughs) if I'm sewing, I'm binding, (laughs) which is kind of funny. But it's nice and peaceful you know just to sit up there and just see the scenery out the
0: front of my sewing machine yeah i wish we had a a way to describe how fun it is to watch those barges go by Mm -hmm. yeah every
1: now and then if i time it right and you have to time it but you can see like the american queen the river boats go up and down the river too and that's just beautiful to watch
0: oh wow yeah
1: share a quilting tip if you like some fabric and you think, oh, it might be there next time I come, it probably won't be. So you might as well get the fabric when you see it, when you like it. <laughs> and that's not so much about quilting, but the fabric disappears quickly and you'd be surprised at the stuff you that you like, You're like, oh, I wish I would have And it's better to have it than to regret not getting it.
0: <laughs> I think one lady I interviewed said, if you like it buy at least eight yards.
1: I have customers who say if they like it, they get two yards of it because that's enough to do something with it. Yeah. One may or may not cover it, but two will. So
0: (laughs) You bought the shop a couple years ago. You just had your second anniversary. Mm Mm-hmm. Did you change the name of the shop when you...
1: Well, when I bought the shop, it was kind of funny because the shop wasn't even on my radar. had no aspect of that. I had figured things out that I could retire and the school has a retire rehire policy and you could do that for two years. So I was going to do that. So I retired, I was going to go back. And then about March, a mutual friend of both mine and the previous owner kind of gave me a nudge and said, Hey, you got to buy that. Cause she was going to sell it or close it. And I'm like, why would I want to buy a quilt shop? You know, had no idea. wasn't a business person. I went home and talked to my husband, and he's like, you know what? Let's look into this. So we started to look into it, and the more we looked into it, the more we talked to the previous owner, it just kind of fell into my lap. It really did, and it was a good business deal. I really do believe we could take over the the same space, and she was going to venture into another aspect of quilting, into long-arming instead of running the shop, which fit into her schedule better. So in March, April, we made a decision to buy it. And I started, you asked me about the name. I did change the name, it used to be so happy, but she wanted to keep that for her long arm business. So that name's still out there. I wanted to change it and I asked my kids, I said, I need a name for the quilt shop. And my youngest son being the comedian of the family said, why don't you call it your side stitch? Cause it's like your side gig. I'm like, nah, you know, the English teacher in me said, I don't want a pronoun in there. So it can't be my. So it evolved into side stitching because it was something I was doing on the side. The first year I had the shop, I was still teaching full time. So that was a lot of logistics to work out. And it was just kind of cruising along. We were open from 12 to six. I had some ladies who would come in and work from 12 to three. I'd get done at school and I'd be here by three and I would work from three to six every night then. And then I would work all day on Saturday. And we just kind of cruised through that first year. And then I fully retired. I said, I'm done. And I have put a lot of time and effort into building up inventory. We've added some classes. We've done a whole lot of things, but the name's just kind of stuck. And if someone pointed out that it really fits because the door's on the side. So it's kind of like coming into the side of stitching and I use that name side stitching to like we make our stitching boxes. We have all sorts of things that are stitching. So that's how the name came about. It was my side stitch and then it evolved into side stitching.
0: It's great that your kids could help with that.
1: <laughs> One thing about opening the shop too, and this just kind of fell into place. I took possession of it Memorial day weekend of 2021 and our Warren, I don't know if the community knows that Warren built new schools and they auctioned off the stuff in the old school because the old stuff couldn't go into the new school. So with all of that going on, I was able to, with the auction, get our front counter and cutting area. And the front counter was the office counter built by the shop teacher, Rod Rau, at the old Warren High School. So I got that and we moved that in on Memorial Day weekend. I also have my desk. I have two of the tables that were in my classroom. And I got a cabinet from the biology room that housed microscopes. So a lot of worn I brought my past of teaching into the quilt shop. And I think that's really kind of, it helped the transition. It's just kind of nice.
0: Yeah. Well, I just made the assumption that everything that was here had been left by the previous owner.
1: No. The shelves were... But the tables and the front desk, it just fits perfectly. But that was the front counter at the office at the high school. Night. Nice. The old high school. So, yeah. Some of my son's friends helped me move it into the building and get it set up. And over the Memorial Day weekend, I started on Friday morning, actually. And then on Tuesday, I opened. So that's how quick of a turnaround we made it. Wow. Yeah. But it's been fun. It's a lot of fun.
0: And have you offered your classes the whole time, or did that start up later? No, we just started classes in the spring.
1: I don't have the summer schedule out yet, but I don't have room in the shop for classes. I'd love to have a bigger shop with a classroom, but right now that's not in the works. But the church I go to has offered us to use their fellowship hall on Mondays. So we have classes on Mondays at Pioneer Presbyterian Church, which is right across from the Marietta Memorial Campus here in Valpreay on the four-lane We've had several classes, beginner, a couple beginner classes, specific quilt classes, and I'm going to continue with some beginner classes and quilt classes, and I'm getting ready to do a block of the month. So the block of the month, we'll have a class too for that if people who are participating want to come and get assistance on one day each month.
0: That sounds exciting. When you started offering them back in the spring, and- You remember somebody signing up for one of your classes. How exciting was it?
1: Oh, it's always exciting. The excitement is just not signing up for the classes. that People want to come in and actually see what we're doing. Sally teaches some of the classes. I've taught a couple. The other excitement thing is, in February, I had been using Square for the shop. Actually, last December, I went to a program from Rain Retail called Like So. And Like So hosts my website so they can sign up for classes online. And that started in February. So that's when we really started offering the classes and everything, and like I said, with the pattern writing course, it helped me to get all that tech stuff figured out. So people sign up for classes, people order things online, that makes me happy too. I have a retreat coming up in July and people have registered for the retreat online. Actually, that's going to be pretty interesting. The retreat in July is going to be up in Amish country, and I have 41 people signed up to go.
0: Really? Yes. I would be there, but I'm going to be out of town. I saw that. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Amish country is a fun place to be. You're going to have a great time. Yep,
1: I can't wait. It's going to be exciting.
0: Do you remember when people started coming into the shop that weekend you opened?
1: Yeah, I do. It's kind of funny because, like I said, I don't have a business background, so I didn't know. I still don't know what to expect every day. And customers started coming in. It's a strong emotion saying, you know, I can help people in their quilting needs. Does that make sense? Even today, it's just exciting when people come in. I make sure I greet each and every one of them as I come in the door, help them as much as they want help because sometimes they don't want a whole lot of help. They just want to come in and look and browse and that's perfectly fine. But if they want advice on matching colors or if they want advice on what fabric to use in a
0: pattern, I'm more than happy to help them. And I appreciated being greeted when I came in. That was so nice. Yes. Anything else about your business you'd like to share with us?
1: Well, like I said, you can shop online. My website's just sidestitching.com. We have lots of fabric. Because there's three quilt shops in the area, one of my niches, I should say, is I just like fabric. So I have lots of bolts of fabric. I don't have a whole lot of notions. I don't have embroidery stuff. I have a little bit of cross stitch, but we have lots of bolts. So if you need stuff, this is the place to come and get it. You know, I'm having fun. People ask me, do you like doing it? And I'm like, this is the best job I've ever had because I am having fun doing it. I have expanded, you know, by going to quilt shows, I'm getting ready to go to a quilt show tomorrow. As a matter of fact, the West Virginia quilt show in Somersville, but I don't want to get too far away from my customers because where my customer base is, I really want to tend to them. And I do get a lot of West Virginia people coming up from here. I'm looking forward to the next two years maybe the next 10 years, you know, my husband kind of, he supports me wholly, don't get me wrong, but he kind of cracks up. He goes, what's going to happen if something happens to you? I'm like, eh, nothing's going to happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we all think we're infallible, but those are things I really need to start thinking of because I started over with a new
0: business late in life, pretty much. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Aren't you just going to tell him? Well, you'll have lots of fabric. Maybe yes. you should learn to sew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe you should learn to sew. <laughs> okay, and you shared your website. Are there other places to find you? I'm on Facebook. Just side stitching quilt shop.
1: I have a Instagram account. That's at my side stitching. Those are the two platforms for social media: Facebook and Instagram. That I have. And I try to post on there regularly, but I don't always manage to do so. I also have a newsletter. So if you'd like to receive the newsletter, you can go online to the website at sidestitching.com and and sign up just to get to the newsletter and peruse through the website to see what we have. If it's in this store, we pretty much have it on the website. (laughs) That's great. Well, I thank you for inviting me to be on this and it's been a real
0: pleasure. It's been great to have you and to hear your story. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Uh Bye. Bye Bye-bye. You can find more stories on aquilterslife.com or subscribe on your favorite podcast player so each episode will be downloaded automatically. Also, I want to hear about you and your wonderful quilts. Please contact me, Paula Chamberlain, Through the website to set up an interview. And as always, thanks for listening.